welcome to the Burnup Podcast, where we discuss all things agile software development and delivery. We will be giving you an honest take on tools and techniques. We'll share our experiences, debunk myths, and hopefully provide needed inspiration. Hi, I'm Todd Anderson, Consultant Delivery Manager. I've done just about every job in IT, from tech support, programmer, network security, project and program management. I can't say I've done everything, but I've seen a lot. And I'm Marcel Britsch, digital consultant, business analyst and product owner. I've worked in digital before this even had a name, and since have been quite a bit around the block. And this is my way of giving back to the industry. So sit back, relax, and settle in for this week's episode. Hello and welcome to The Burnup. In episode 14, my colleague Swati Podar and I discussed how to assign teams to a domain. So if you have a number of development teams, how do you determine what pieces of functionality they should be working on? Our conclusion was that teams work best when loosely coupled so that they can deliver and deploy as autonomously as possible. This in turn allows for agility, short cadence of delivery and ultimately speed to market. So that's all cool, great stuff. To do so, we argued that domain should be split in a way as to minimize coupling, minimize shared services, and the teams needed to own end-to-end features. In the case of shared services, which we all know are not avoidable, we recommended a model of joint ownership with guardians of best practice. If you haven't listened to episode 14, I suggest you go back and listen to it, as it provides good background for this episode. While recording episode 14, we got sidetracked and touched on a topic that was hugely controversial on one of our projects. The question is this, if we have a solution with a GUI front-end, should we be writing individual user stories for front-end and back-end, or should we not? This episode is a loose summary of the key points of our discussion on that topic. There is a link to a visualization in the show notes, which I suggest you access while listening to this podcast. It just illustrates some of the points we are discussing. So, let's get into the topic. This is me summarizing, as part of the last episode, the case for a team owning an end-to-end feature. We both agree it's super important that a team ultimately owns the end-to-end. And the reason for me is, and it would be interesting whether you, ha- you can find any other reasons, but the reason for me is that if you deliver only back-end functionality and there is a front-end and you don't deliver that, you are never delivering the end-to-end. And in some cases, you may just ignore that if it is a service that is driven by GUI, you really want to make sure that you're satisfying the end user's need that is, and the end user that is using the GUI, right? You may deliver the most beautiful backend, but maybe it can't drive the GUI that it should be driving easily. Also, you may not understand what you're actually delivering. You may just do something that, and you have no no context as a developer of why this is valuable, what, you know, business problem you are actually solving. But, and and this, I guess, is a question to you (laughs) on the the project. I see it coming. Yeah, exactly. And, (laughs) and, you know, we had had fights and arguments about this is, end up writing stories that were back-end stories and front-end stories. And I, I opposed that initially because I felt, again, yeah, you know, my, my point was we shouldn't worry about the split. That's a technical problem. We shouldn't be doing that. But then at the same time, some of those things get really complicated. And sometimes, you know, you need to phase that the design might not be, the front-end design might not be as fast as some of the back-end thinking. So there is a benefit in maybe splitting these two areas of work. What's your, what's your feeling? What's your take on this? Is this a good idea? Are there cases where we, we should be splitting it? Should we never split it? Or what do you think? So for, for the client that we work 
together on, right? They were okay to even have an API solution, right? For many of the features that we developed, uh, they said even yes. if it's API only, they're fine. So that's when we came up with, oh, let's do API first and then UI later. But the problem was we underestimated the amount of UI work that needs to be done. It, mm. it sort of like came together in the end and it was like just too much. Sorry, can I just, just jump in here, which is a really good point. So, yeah. so I think you're absolutely right. So if there is a public API, that is exposed mm -hmm. as part of functionality. I think it's absolutely valid to write a so-called backend-only story that just you know considers that API. This should possibly have user experience thinking because there are users or stakeholders that will integrate into the, into that that API. So you want to, to structure the, the endpoint nicely. And then exactly. It, you know, yeah. and you just deliver that, right? Um, right. Exactly. But to add to that would be that either if there is UI work that needs to go with the API then that shouldn't be too far off. It should just follow the API work as soon as possible because we've been in a situation where we've ignored the UI work and then it just became too much. So I remember working with a team years ago where we again had a backend and frontend split. And what happened was that because I was writing backend stories, and this is always my worry, that the team felt what I was writing wasn't from a business perspective. It was actually more specification I was writing for them. Uh, yeah, been there so many times. I that's the issue I have with writing pure backend stories. If the project is a technical one, I guess you have to be technical enough to write. You need to understand the technical requirements mm -hmm. to represent in business user format. What has happened in the project that you and I worked in was I was actually requested to write technical specification of sorts, and I don't know why there's an expectation that if it's a pure API work, for example, that the stories would be technical, but actually they shouldn't be. I agree. And, and you know what I found with on that long time ago project was that I remember this was a, um, uh, there was some service basically for delivery options. And there was a table underneath that basically, or, or some data structure underneath based on the location and the weight of the package would determine which carrier should be used for distribution. And so I basically outlined just to, as an example, a table where I said, okay, so this is, this is roughly the rules that should apply in tabular format. And mm -hmm. I said to the, I remember specifically saying to the developer, so I think I wrote that even in the story. I'm like, this is not an, a spec I'm writing. I, I'm, I'm trying to convey logic here. You mm -hmm. may have to, in, in your data structure under the hood, you may have to turn this on its head and the, the, the data structure will not be this table. And what happened, they fucking implemented the table and then, of course, it all didn't work. Um, so the risk is always there that if you write backend stories, that, that people take this as, an, as a recipe to code, whereas stories should always be requirements, not recipes for implementation. And I Yeah, think it's not solution. It's, it's only requirements. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, I mean, there are, as you said, there are, there are you know, maybe, maybe specific examples where you need to do low-level detailed analysis where you explain data structures in great detail, and that's also fine. But generally speaking, there is a bit of a risk with this back-end and front-end kind of stuff. We mustn't forget, right, all the work we do as BAs ultimately is there to support developers in doing their work. And, exactly. you know, and if they want to do something that is a bit awkward for us, uh, as long as we're not doing the, the wrong things, as I said, like, you know, you don't want to necessarily have to spoon feed them. You don't want to make solution decisions for them. And good developers actually would push back on you on us doing that and correctly so. Then I think it's fine to say, look, guys, if it's easier for you to think in front end and back end stories, that is totally fine. But as, as you said, I think they need to be written and considered or the solution needs to be designed 
with the full solution, the end-to-end -end solution in mind. And, you know, that means you have a public-facing API. That's cool. You can design that as public-facing API and you don't have to consider anything else. But if that is also driving a front-end, then that front-end is a consumer of that API. And then you need yeah. to either build allow for enhancements later on or consider it right away. And when, if, you know, if it, if it is available, if you already know that there is a front-end, then, of course, it would be ridiculous to kind of postpone that change and make make yeah. massive enhancements and, and updates later. Yep, absolutely. Um, I agree with that. So we believe where there is a known front-end, writing back-end and front-end stories is an anti-pattern, and we should really avoid it as it can lead to all sorts of problems. This being an anti-pattern, of course, we weren't immune to it. And not only did we adopt this anti-pattern, but an even worse one. We actually had a separate team, which purely did UI, which is such a wrong way to go about ah, things. So can, can we talk about this? This is a very good one. Yeah. So talk to me about yeah. that. What is the problem? Because quite often, I mean, we all have these so-called full stack developers, but turns out they're never really full stack in the sense that they always have like things they're really good at. Some kind of expertise. Yeah, seriously. It, yeah. So exactly. So so what 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 are the problems apart from that a full stack developer is actually really good at backend but not that good at front end? What are the other problems that you see in having a split having a because we ended up for for a short period of time with a front end team and they yes. were just doing <laughs> so so what are the problems with that? Why why is that a bad idea? The first thing is once you've run the requirements through with the team, right? And say the APIs are ready, the back end is ready, and then you need to run through the same requirements with the another team and then the other team needs to collaborate with the folks that have already finished the back-end work and mm. then you know, there's just too much communication overhead because they as a ui dev you still need to know what back-end apis are present or what, what work was done what business logic has been implemented so that they can finish off their work and it's just i thought just to get that sorted it just took a lot of time uh, i mean the devs that we have are really brilliant right you give them a task they as long as they know what to do it, it's just done really quick and really well but to get to the point where they need to know in and out of what was done for the back end what's the business logic you need to run through all of that again with them which i which i found was very annoying because yeah. i literally yeah. had to run requirements with two separate teams which is so unnecessary So there is a pattern in the industry called BFF service, backend for front-end service, which uh, Sam Newman has spoken about in his book, Building Microservices. Link mm -hmm. in the show notes for that. And that is sometimes perceived as being a solution to the problem of splitting teams between backend and front-end and how you split stories. I personally, I'm not a big fan of it. And I think Sam Newman is quite critical of the, of the BFF pattern because it creates another layer in the middle that needs to be maintained. Business logic possibly gets gets lost in that layer. So, you know, it's a bit tricky, but it can be very uh, helpful. Um, we have mm -hmm. used it on one of our projects. We went back and forth with it. Yeah. <laughs> there there, there yeah. is some, some value in it, but we need to be very clear. It doesn't solve any of the problems we're discussing in here because the teams still need to own end-to-end. -end. In fact, it may actually make one thing more complicated that if teams expect you to write stories for the front-end, for the BFF layer and for the backend service, then I think you're clearly getting it wrong. You as a business analyst shouldn't have anything to do with that mid-level service. Oh, I, yeah, I, I don't think we, we should ever write stories for BFF changes. Yeah, uh, at the end, we are only, yeah, we're only doing business user stories, be it backend or UI. And I think the solutionizing is actually uh, a developer's thing. I don't yeah. think we should worry about it. I think my learning from this is really teams need to think in the end-to-end -end, and if the end-to-end -end includes a, a, a front-end, then that just needs to be part of the end-to-end. -end. 
most importantly, I guess, like like you mentioned earlier, if there are public facing APIs and the clients are okay to have an API only solution initially, it makes sense. But if there is a UI that needs to be supported for all the backend work that's been done, then I think we should make sure that that that's considered while you while you while you build the API, right? So, right. And this is where we leave it for today. Thanks for listening. Bye. That's it for today's episode. Have a look at our show notes with related information and details on how to get in touch at thebarnup.com. We are listener-driven, so please do send us your questions, comments, and ideas for new episodes. We're both practitioners and are happy to discuss interesting opportunities from consulting to coaching to getting involved in actual projects. For inquiries, please visit burnupmedia.com. This podcast is produced by Burnup Media Limited under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 license, which means you can share it as long as you give credit, but you cannot change it or make money of it. Until next time, thanks again for listening and have a wonderful day.